Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. We're going to be talking about overcoming codependence. And one of the ways that is absolutely essential to start and to continue as you do other things is to change the way you talk to yourself. You know, you hear yourself talk to yourself in your own head more than you hear anybody else. And it's important to start there. You change the conversation that you are having with yourself, then you will begin to make permanent changes, uh, what will become permanent changes, not always easy or fast, uh, in the ways that you interact with life. And that's the way it is with codependence. You know, I often think about the theme song of codependence is that song from the musical Oliver, and it's called As Long As He Needs Me. That's where I'll be. You know, and it could be as long as she needs me, that's where I'll be. Because we can become so overly involved with another person that we lose ourselves. We abandon ourselves. And when we abandon ourselves, we give more value to what another person thinks of us than what we think of ourselves. And we also give somebody else's opinion more credence as valuable or as accurate as well. And it isn't. But we have to realize that maybe in our lives, we have been taught that other people's opinions are more important than our own. And if we ever expressed an opinion when we were young, we might have heard things like, well, who do you think you are? Or what makes you think that you are entitled to that? And you shrank and you stopped thinking of yourself as deserving of those things. And so you started to think, oh, well, I better just be there for other people. And there is a whole bunch in our culture that teaches us that it's better to be there for other people than to be there for with yourself. And that balance is what is imperative to have healthy relationships with yourself and with other people. The balance between compassion for self and compassion for others, thinking of self and thinking of others. And it's a constant thing. It's constantly balancing. It will change. Sometimes you have to really take care of yourself more than others so that you can restore yourself. Sometimes you have more to give and you lean in the in the direction of others because they sincerely need something and you're okay. But it's being aware of that. And if we have established any sense of codependence as our way of being in a relationship, we know that it is out of balance. Because it just generally is. And and that theme song kind of says it all. But it's more making the other person more important than you, the needs of the other person more important than you on a day-to-day basis. And always you lose, they win. 
And what is that? It's a siren call for inviting a hijackal into your life. Because what could be a more perfect setup than you already think that their needs are more important? So match made in heaven in their minds. So coming back from codependence means you you really have to wrestle with yourself. I know that's true. You have to wrestle with yourself to say, no, it's okay to spend time on myself. No, it's okay to spend time with myself. It's okay to want a balance of having needs met in a relationship. It's not one-sided. It needs to be in balance and balancing at all times. And you don't want to have that feeling of, I'll do whatever it takes to keep my partner. Or I'll do whatever it takes to make my parent happy. No, that's not healthy. They may be asking way too much of you. And you may have no boundaries. Codependents don't have any boundaries. So these are important things to see because... If you're codependent, you're you're just looking for breadcrumbs from somebody to tell you they want you around, you're okay enough, you know, all kinds of things that are definitely not enough. And so you have this feeling if they don't reassure me, if they don't validate me, if I don't feel they need me, then I I am nothing. I'm chopped liver. And that's erroneous self talk, too. And also, That feeling of, if I could just make myself indispensable to this other person, then then they would value me. That that would be fine. And then I could bask in the sunshine of their validation. But you know that difficult people, and if you've been listening to me for a while, you definitely know that hijackals never want you to feel good enough. They never want you to have what's rightfully yours. They never want you to uh, be able to be in, in an equal position. When a hijackal says, this would make me very, very happy, please do exactly this, and you do exactly that, for a hot moment you'll see that they're pleased and then they're displeased because, oh, that almost looked like equality. So, well, you should have done it earlier, or there should have been more of it, or you didn't get it quite right, or I don't care about that anymore. So they get the upper hand. And so if you come from a codependent stance, you can recognize right there and then that you will never, ever be able to feel whole and complete and right and good and confident and secure It's just not possible. Now, my definition of codependence, um, I've got a few pieces for you, and I wrote them down to be really sure that I say them exactly as I want to. It's valuing the approval of others more than valuing your approval of yourself. Does that ring true for you? Or lacking trust in yourself that you do deserve to be heard and seen and acknowledged and appreciated and accepted. And you give way too much to the other person with way too little coming back. And the third part of my definition is that you may find in the relationship, maybe not out in the world with other people, but in the relationship, you suffer from poor self-esteem and a lack of self-confidence. 
You know, I had a situation one time that it just came to mind as I was preparing for this episode that I was working with a couple where the wife was a medical doctor and the husband was an entrepreneur who worked from home. And he was absolutely sure that when they had their baby, the baby was unsafe with her, that if he wasn't there hovering all the time, she wouldn't know what to do. And she was managing with this. And I said to him, you know, it's so upside down that this woman is a medical doctor making life and death decisions for other humans all day. And yet when she comes home, somehow she becomes incompetent. But she was buying into that. I have to please him. I have to please him. I have to please him. And he was saying, no, I'll never let you please me. I'll never let you please me. So they were stuck in that place. And it was codependence for her. She was fine everywhere else. But at home, she became codependent. And he became entitled. Now, I don't think he became it. I think he started out that way and chose her because he could do that. So... When you're codependent, you're used to playing second fiddle in your head. You're just used to always taking the dregs. You're used to their their demands and that you shouldn't have any needs. And if you do have needs, don't express them because they're your fault anyway, as everything is. And you got used to that. And if you had a hijackal parent, you may have been used to that feeling of, I can't get it right anyway, so I'll just keep trying because I'd really like them to love me. You know, we come by our codependence quite organically, so don't beat yourself up for it. If you find that the things that I'm talking about actually fit, then say, I think I'll say no to codependence and start working in another direction. And that's important to do because, you know, you may need help with that. And if you do need help, you might want to come over and join my Emerging Empowered community. That's a membership site where you get all kinds of wonderful things. As a member, go to joinintoday.com. And um, the discussion forums are very active. Go and talk with other people about what's up and what's happening with them in terms of codependence. So having recognized that you hear your own thoughts more than you hear anything else, we better start looking at what could you change in your self-talk that would help you overcome codependence. So I I chose just 10 things to share in this episode, and I hope that, that you will begin to see how very doable it is might take a while because you're used to the habit, but very doable it is to start, oh, I do think like that. I need to change that. So the first one is, I can't leave. My partner needs me. Is that your self-talk? Like, I just can't leave. They need me. What would they do without me? You know, that would that would be terrible. Well, often I have said, to people who have that feeling, I said, try this. Get a cup of water, put your finger in it, take it out, and see if you left a hole. That's the way hijackals think. They'll be really angry you stuck your finger in there, but they won't leave a hole. They'll just leave anger. And if you think that you can earn a place 
that will make you feel accepted and loved and taken care of and approved of by sticking with a partner who is using you and you are allowing yourself to be used, then you need to change that self-talk to, I can leave. My partner was fine without me when I met them. And they will be fine without me later, although they will be angry. But what is it that I need to do? Because I also deserve to create a life that I look forward to. And I don't want it to be about pleasing somebody else all the time. I want there to be those three big things I talk about in episode 115. The three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. There has to be equality, reciprocity, and mutuality, which is never available in a codependent relationship and never available from a hijackal. Yes, it's strong. I know I'm saying it's never available. It isn't. They will give you the idea that it might be one day, or if only you do this, or a little feeling of appreciation every now and again, which dissipates so fast. But it will not change in any remarkable way, any way that has any stickiness. So if your story is that you're needed, the real story may be that you are being used. So you need to change that. Now, if, if a person needs you and you need them and it is equal and it is reciprocal and it is mutual, that's healthy. But if you're doing all the giving and all the considering and all the thoughtfulness and, and all the, oh, it doesn't matter about me-ness, you are not in an equal relationship. And so you need to change that self-talk that says, I can't leave, my partner needs me. They don't need you, they're using you. Okay, the second thing that you could stop saying that would be helpful is I need to be there because if they falter, if they get angry, if they get depressed, if they make a mistake, it's my fault. I could have done something. If I had been there, maybe they wouldn't have done that. Now, I'm sure as I said that, you immediately realized, well, that's never changed. <laughs> They've taught me that everything is my fault. I know everything isn't my fault, but I behave as though everything is my fault. So that means your self-talk has been absorbed into, I need to be there to take care of them so that they are never unhappy. They are never dissatisfied. They are never without their needs met. No, you don't. No, you don't. That has to be equal, reciprocal, and mutual. Not all at the same time, sure. You know, if somebody has a broken leg, we're going to do more for them than they can do for us. But if you then break your leg, the shoe will be on the other foot. <laughs> right? And you can count on it. But if you're in a codependent relationship, it's like, what can I do to make you happy? What can I do to make you like me? What can I do to, to make it so that you will like me better? And if the self-talk is like that, mm -mm, we got to step those few paces back and say, what's going on here? Because this is unhealthy. This is not going to lead to anything like healthy love. And if you haven't... Um, if you haven't been to my website lately, um, you may not recognize that 
I, I have an ebook there called Creating Healthy Love. And that's an important thing for you to see. And you can see that at emergingempower.com. Um, just go to emergingempower.com and click on the store. And you will see that it's just a small ebook, but it, it's a very powerful ebook um, because you want to be able to to recognize what healthy love is so that you can move toward it by seeing that perhaps you're not experiencing it right now. And codependence will never be healthy love. Okay, so we've got two things to stop saying to ourselves. The third one is, don't say to yourself, my job is to keep my partner happy. Happiness is an inside job. Now, sure, we do nice things that make somebody feel appreciative or make them feel loved or make them them feel like you know them really well. But if you think it is your job to keep your partner happy, you'll be running as fast as you can after your tail. It just doesn't work that way. Your job is to keep to know what makes you happy and that you keep living in equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. And your partner's job is their own happiness. And, and in that, knowing yourself, know what your values are, know what your vision for your life is, know what your beliefs are about everything. What's a healthy relationship? How do you manage finances? How does money work? What are my spiritual beliefs and aspirations? Uh, all those things are your beliefs. And if you believe that you should be in a relationship that is equal and demonstrates equality and you're not, then you don't really believe it. So your job is not to keep other people happy, but to live by your values and vision and beliefs and goals and communicate these to somebody else. And if they don't value them or not interested in them or are willing to talk with you about them and share theirs, you don't have equality. So if you are thinking my job is to keep my partner happy, we need to erase that and know that happiness is an inside job. Your, your job is to do you, be you, know what your values are, know what your vision is, and begin to express it and communicate it and find out if the relationship you're in has high value. If you are in an equal relationship, good start. But if you're in a relationship with a hijackle, it's based on the idea that you will never be equal. I know it hurts to even hear that. It almost hurts to say it. But there are people, we call them hijackles, or at least I do, that will never, ever, ever sustain any sense of equality in the relationship with you. I know it's awful. But it's true. And once you really get that, then you can stop saying to yourself, it's my job to make them happy. Because they'll tell you it's your job. And they'll make you wrong for not doing it. But it's an impossible job. Because they keep moving the markers. So that's important. And the fourth thing to stop saying to yourself is when my partner rages, it's my fault. Remember, hijackal wants power over you. Rage is a way that they believe that they can have power over you. 
So it is not about you making them angry. They're already angry. You know, and they will jump on anything. It doesn't have to be something big. It can be something very small, right? You've experienced that. And they want you to believe that it's your fault that they're angry. No, they were angry before you got there. They'll be angry after you leave them. They'll be angry all day at work. It's always under the surface. You know, emotionally, when you really just rub the adult off the hijackal, emotionally, they're about three to seven years old. And when you, when you find that out, rage is not very far away. And it's not your job to keep them happy, but it's also not your job to undertake being the reason for their rage because they'll tell you that's the case. They will tell you always, it's your fault I'm angry. If it wasn't for you, my life would be fine, but it's your fault. But you didn't make them mad. You know, a long, long time ago when I, my children were young, I was teaching school and I I taught a lot of personal development to, to the children. And this was a fourth grade class. And we had talked every morning about, you know, life and relationships and self-esteem and self-confidence. And, and, that, and I, I was sitting in a circle with the children talking about these things first thing in the morning. And I saw a mother at the door and I thought, Oh, dear, what's she here for? What's up, right? And so um, after I settled with the children, I went to talk to her. And the little boy, her little boy had said that he had gone home and told his mother that the lesson that we have been talking about was that other people don't make you ha- you make you angry. You choose to get angry. And then I thought, oh, I wonder if the mother's standing at the door about that lesson. So we finished our circle, as I said, and I I set the children to work and I went to talk to the mom. And the mom said, I just wanted to tell you something that happened last night. And she said, I was, she, she was a single mom with four boys, 12, 10, 8, and 6. And the 10-year-old was in my class. And <laughs> And I, she said, I just wanted to tell you, she said, how, how influential this is being on my son. I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, last night I was yelling at, at the 12-year-old and I was telling him, you make me so angry. And the little boy in my class tapped her on the arm and said, mom, nobody can make you angry. You choose to get angry. And she said, I was in full flight, so angry. So I thought for a second, and I turned to my 12-year-old and said, I choose to be very, very angry with you right now. (laughs) And that was such a strong example of, you know, when, when your partner rages, it's not your fault. It's their choice. The hijackals will never own up to that. So don't even think about sharing that with a hijackal. But know that within yourself, that if you're thinking you cause their rages and you can't think how you possibly do because you are taking every opportunity to take the best care ever of them, it may well be because they just choose to get angry. 
it's an outlet for them. It gives them a sense of control and they can rule the roost for a minute or two or 10. The fifth thing that you might want to change in your self-talk is that other people don't understand our relationship. Our relationship is complex and it's unique and we know what we're doing here. It's all handled. No, it isn't handled because there's codependence happening. And no, it isn't handled because you're not happy. And no, it isn't handled because there isn't what? Equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. So if you're saying to yourself that, oh, we're in this special bubble, and people don't understand my partner. Oh, they may understand them perfectly well. And you're refusing to see what's going on. So watch for that one. Because you may really be upset when other people tell you, you know, about your relationship and that you need to be in another situation. But maybe they can see something that you can't because your relationship is not that different and special from other ones when other people are looking at it. And if they see you being abused, if they see you being codependent to the place of taking all this poor behavior from someone else and trying to put a good face on it, they're going to speak up perhaps. And maybe they have some wisdom to share with you. The sixth thing is you want to change is ever saying to yourself, I don't need as much as my partner because I'm happy when they're happy. Well, you're going to wait a long time to be happy if you're with a hijackal because will that ever happen? Will they ever be happy for more than a hot minute? Yes, out of the house they may be, but home, no, they won't. And you, you can't allow yourself to be that passive. Oh, I don't need anything. My needs are small. I just want them to be happy. Where's the equality in that? So change that. I want to be in a relationship that demonstrates equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. And if it is unavailable in this relationship, I need to be thinking about my best next steps. You know, at Emerging Empowered, I have self-study courses for you. Two of them are out now, and there are five more coming very soon. There's one called, Is It Emotional Abuse? A 12-module 12, 12, um, course to help you really go deeply into understanding what emotional abuse is happening in your relationship and to see it clearly. The second one that's available for purchase now is called My Big Decision, Staying or Going. And it takes you through so much, very in-depth. It's like I'm there asking you questions and then you write right online and really go deeply into them. And the good news is that you always have access to them. And if you want to, you can print them out. So don't fall into the people-pleasing thing of, I don't matter, they matter. That is very codependent. And you're overcoming codependence, so you need to change that idea. Number seven is, if I don't worry about them, who else will? You know, they're so difficult. They're so stressed. They're so needy. They're so needing me to take care of them. And if I don't do that, who will? Don't care who will. It's not your job. 
It is not your job because if things are not reciprocal, you are always going to be under the gun, not good enough, not doing enough. The cause of their rage, the cause of their pain, the cause of their disappointment. And it's not true. It is not true unless you make it true with your self-talk. And that could be a big one to turn around. Really, really big. And number eight is saying to yourself, well, you know, I'm comfortable over here being a pretzel and a doormat because they need me to do it. Yeah, they need you to do it so you won't get in their way. So they can take up all the space and you can have a little sliver of space. Hijackles need you to do that. They are delighted when they read someone who has some codependence because they think, ah, I can manage the situation. I can control in this situation easier than in other relationships. So let me let me start where maybe a parent left off and I will keep this person in submission or feeling not good enough or feeling incapable of satisfying my emotional needs, my physical needs, my financial needs. You know, you've seen it often enough on social media, the memes that say no one falls in love faster than a narcissist with nowhere to live and no job. Right. And there you are saying, well, oh, I, I, I'm so nice. I, I, I do all of these things for them. No, you have no boundaries. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. You know, you let people use you. It shows that you have no boundaries. So you don't need to be a pretzel and you don't need to be a doormat. And if someone taught you to do that, you know, say thanks for the memories and move on. Do not be a pretzel. Do not be a doormat. And start changing the way that you think about your role. Because that's not what you are here to do. You're here to express yourself. Not be someone else's doormat. And number nine is, my partner will be more loving when I am more supportive. You know, I, I'm, I just have to figure out what they need. I, you know, it changes and I haven't really figured it out yet, but I will. And when I figure it out, they will finally be satisfied. They will finally be happy. No, they won't. They're making a life work of dissatisfaction. They have no intention of being satisfied. None. And when you really get that down to your toes, don't let it define you. Don't let your self-talk be that you're here to just figure out how to make another human happy, especially when they're a hijackal human who has no intention of ever letting you do that. So your self-talk may need shoring up. And if you ever want to talk to me, I offer new clients a one-hour, full one-hour session, one time, for only $97. And you'll find it at beaclient.com. Beaclient.com. And now for number 10. The 10th thing that you're, you may be saying to yourself that's keeping you stuck in a codependent situation that really... It's time to emerge empowered from is my partner promises to change. So I have to have faith and believe in them. Oh my goodness. No, you know, so often people will come to work with me and they'll say, well, my partner says that they're going to counseling. Oh, really? Have they gone? 
or are they going? Is it some big promise? If they went, how many times did they go? With what frequency? Oh, no, the person is just so excited that they're going to counseling that they go rushing back and say, oh, my problems are solved. Everything's going to get better. No, it isn't. Or they say they found God. Or they say that they see the light and they've been terrible, but they're never going to be that way again. None of these things are true. They will be just as they are with a new story to say that they're going to counseling, they found the light, or they found God. This is an inside job. Hijackals. When that happens, you just have to be super clear about it. They're not going to change. They're not going to change. So if you are wise, you will take out my mantra that I say so often. ABB, always believe behavior. Believe their behavior. Believe your behavior. And decide if those behaviors are healthy. And if they're not, change them. I hope these 10 things have been useful to you because codependency is exhausting. It keeps you emotionally exhausted. And when you change your internal narrative and see yourself as deserving of equality, reciprocity, and mutuality, it's a great first step. And then you start calibrating. Is equality, reciprocity, and mutuality available to me in this relationship? Let me find out. And if it isn't, then I better have a really good think about taking my course called My Big Decision, Stay or Go. So lots of things to think about. So until we meet again, take these things to heart and be very good to yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.